Hey, hey everybody. Uh, you know, it's like May 21st or something. Yeah, May 21st today. Um, and I'm actually working from home today. And I'm going to call it that because what I'm doing today is I'm going to make <clears throat> a big jump for myself today. I have been sitting on a reminder on my phone forever that says, um, <sighs> check into MailChimp. You know, MailChimp is for people who don't already work with it or know about it. It's a good starter place for folks who want to make an email newsletter, right? Um, so I think you can get, now I'm not going to tell you that this is accurate. You'll need to check into it. But MailChimp um, gives you like up to 500 or 1,000. I can't remember which one. But for free, you can actually, you know, sign up for the email newsletter thing, right? And um, it'll upload your contacts and you can be as simple or as extravagant as you want when you create your email. And I think that I've just been really Capricorn-y when I've tried this before. Like I really wanted it to go out looking so out of this world that... I wasn't willing to let one go that was less than out of this world. So I just never sent it, you know. And I'm like, all I have to do is put a reminder in folks' mailboxes about getting readings and they'll probably start coming back, right? You know, because I've already had a bunch of repeat folks, um, you know, come in from, uh, you know, like Hawaii. I have a whole family and group of friends in Hawaii that I do readings for. Um, and then even a couple other, you know, people in the States have come back and I'm doing a reading for a gentleman in Africa momentarily, as soon as I finish getting my head in the right place, because sometimes I can't do a reading until I, you know, and it seems appropriate, right? That you have to get your head in line first with where you want to be before you can help someone else. Right. So this morning I have, I did a super, amount of work like through spiritual work through um prayer I like when I, we went to eat um I've been working on my prayers and um asking for specific things in prayer you know like don't be vague with things or you're going to kind of continue to get vague things you know mm. I say it's time to get specific on what we want to manifest you know like okay um, I just wrote down in the other room, I'm going to tell you guys about this mind hack that I learned today. And, um, I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable in my skin. Um, you know, with my full on ADHD symptoms in my face and anxiety I've been dealing with, um, about going back to school you know, the math and stuff has actually kind of gotten me worried enough to where I'm like, maybe I might need to go back on stimulants, you know. And you know what? The thing is, I it came to me yesterday. I It's not that I couldn't learn math in school. It's that I had interruptions. My mom got sick or um, I would be skipping school or something, you know, disruptive. It, and I absolutely can learn math. And I'm like... Why not just let them teach you at your speed? You don't have to modify yourself to learn. So just see what you're capable at where you're at. You know, it's kind of where I feel like I'm at. 
Um, I don't have to be superhuman, you know, to, uh, to do the, to do math. I mean, it's something I'll have to explore, um, as I go along, if I'm not trying hard enough or I'm not applying myself hard enough, which you think when I start worrying about math four months in advance, then I'm probably going to put my best foot forward. You know, as a person, I'm just dreaming up scenarios where I can be scared. You know, I could stay in that victim mode, you know? So that's what the conscious version of me, but I'm digging at the super conscious. I'm looking, digging down deep at my, well, subconscious, you know what I mean? Like, let's dig up and talk about what I learned on this other podcast today. Basically, the short version of it is imagine the worst case scenario and make peace with it. Okay. So basically what, um, what I would be doing is what's my worst case scenario for, you know, this situation that I'm, I'm, I've got an issue with, which would be like math. What's the absolute worst situation I could think of? An F, you know, getting an F or getting a D because, you know, from what I understand, you have to have a C average or above to keep federal funding. So, um, you know, what if I get lower than that? What if I get a D or an F? Well, it looks like it's back to the drawing board, right? It, that would be horrifying, yes. And and the whole point is is to go to where you're afraid of and make peace of that. And then once you get to that place of peace, which I'll walk myself through it here, because this is exactly what I wanted to do, was um, my my intuition brought me to the podcast to do this. I didn't think of like, really, I could walk this out right here verbally with you guys and then you can make use of it, you know? Um, so basically I thought that's pretty cool. You know, I did ask for, um, you know, uh, in the prayer this morning, I said, put me on a path to success today. You know, I don't care which way it zigs and zags. Just get me to success with this email newsletter by the end of the day, which is a different thing. But I'm also working on myself with this math fear, right? So, um, you know, they're intermingling and then I have to juggle. I got to take a shower. I've got to, um, you know, well, <laughs> it's going to be a long shower. Let's put it that way. I have a lot of catching up to do. And, um, it's been raining here in Houston, which makes, it tends to make me slow down and go slower, you know, and more sluggish, it seems like. And there's supposed to be two more days of rain this week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe the universe is telling me to slow to stay slow, you know, uh, or I'm receiving confirmation that it's okay to be slow because I'll catch up eventually, which will help me with my math, you know, see those kinds of things come full circle and you can make sense of them if you sit down long enough to toss them around in your head, you know, like, let's just brainstorm here. Okay. So say I get a D, you know, okay, well, fuck, you know, now I'm getting towards, you know, the end of the semester, you know, I got to get this up to a C before I get to the, you know, end of the semester, I've got to pull up the nose of this plane or I'm going to have to take this math all over again. Okay, well, there's your worst case scenario is that I would, uh, the first one was for a review. The second time around, I'll get it. 
you know, because this is important that people learn about ADHD as well. Like, see, they're going to be getting feedback the whole time that I am going through this. I'm going to go through it raw, I think. I think I'm going to, meaning I'm not going to go back on any stimulants. I'm on Stratera um, now, and my blood pressures, I'm sure my blood pressure is a lot better. Um, you know, I am moving slower. I'm talking slower, you know, like my whole, um, my whole field of existence has changed. Like I have changed since I went off that medicine and I, you know, what happens mostly what's weird is that you can actually think more when you're not on a stimulant because you can, uh, you can hear every thought. It doesn't just race by and like Mach 2, you know, mm. y'all thought you think you're self-sabotaging, you know, in your regular mind, try going a hundred thousand miles an hour and bombarding yourself that way. So, um, anyways, I just thought, well, this is a chance to show, you know, what adult onset ADHD or not onset is onset when I was born, you know, but, um, this is what it's like, you know, it's crazy because like all of these thoughts go through your head. And even though, um, you're not consciously aware of a fear, there's still this underlying thing that keeps bringing me back to math, to math, to math, math. I'm like, you know what? If I get the D, then I'll get, this is me talking out, by the way. Um, if I get a D, then I'll get a tutor. And tutors are free. We already talked about this, you know. I mean, Chris told me, he's like, for, like, well, he told me there's free tutoring at the schools that schools supply. And I'm like, that's insane. There's no way. And he's like, they take federal funding. They have to. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, now it makes sense, you know. And then, by God, when I walked into college, you know, um, Galveston College to sign up and, you know, do my placement tests and whatnot that day, here it is right in front of me. It says free tutoring online at blah, blah, blah. So you go on there and you can have a tutor walk you through what you don't understand about the math. You know, they can really get to the issue, the underlying issue that keeps you from understanding how to do that particular math problem. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I need. You know, like, see, there's my, there's another excuse thrown out the window. Uh, what if I get a D? Well, then I guess I'll get a tutor, you know, or what if I get an F, you know, then I guess I'll take it over. You know, I guess I'll just take the math class over, you know, because it's not that I can't learn. It's maybe that I learn a little bit slower than everybody else. And that's perfectly okay. You know, I mean, like there, it's not a race in college, you know, like it is in high school. It's like, Oh, everybody has to be done on the right, you know, so we can all graduate as a senior on May 28th, you know, 2021 or whatever. But, um, it's not like that in college. I can fail that class and take it again. I can fail that class and take it again until I pass it. I take my scenario that I've done with everything else in my whole life, which is getting up. I always told you guys I was really good at getting up. And lo and behold, that's what I'll do here as well. And that would be my worst possible case scenario is that for some reason, I don't 
you know, pass the class, I guess I'll have to take it again, you know. And then once you make peace with that and you're like, well, I don't want to have to do that. And that's the idea is to make peace with the worst case scenario that your mind can come up with. So guess what? You've already lived it. You don't, you don't have that fear pulling at you from that point any longer. It's like a, um, you know, I don't know what you would call it. It would be like, um, like somebody was poking you in the back. That's kind of like what a worry feels like, doesn't it? It kind of feels like, or somebody poking you in the head saying, Hey, worry about this, worry about this worry about this, worry about this, you know, and then it keeps happening. You keep having these chronic worries and thoughts about things. Well, what this exercise does is eliminate all of that because when you go to the worst possible case scenario, like, oh, what if I fail? What if I fail the fucking math class? That's my worst case scenario. Um, you know, my worst fear is more like walking out of the bathroom with my ass showing or something by accident, you know, like something goofy like that happening to me, you know, rather than not passing, my, you know, really, honestly, that's what my worst fear should be. And I'm sitting over here worried about if I'm teachable still or not. And you know, every human being on the planet is teachable if they're willing. And I'm more than willing. So I don't understand why I've had this underlying fear or worry that I wasn't going to be teachable once I got to school because I absolutely am. And the pace at which I learn is going to be, um, that's going to be regulated by my doctor. I have a doctor from 2005 who's diagnosed me not once, but twice with ADHD and it didn't go away, you know? So, and he already sent a letter of diagnosis to school. So I already have some standard accommodations. If I need more accommodations than what they are compliant with, all I have to do is contact my doctor and he will say, hey, she needs a little bit longer to read these chapters. She's not as fast of a reader as, as everyone else. I comprehend sentence. I, sometimes I have to read things over and over until I comprehend them, you know, and I do need complete quiet to read in because I hear, you know, that I'll just put earbuds in or earplugs in. And then if, if I can't hear anything, then I'm perfectly fine with not being distracted, you know, and I'm a willing participant. That's what's most important, you know. So the whole, the most important thing of this exercise is that you're metaphysically traveling forward in time and saying, okay, I met up with that version of myself, the version of myself that failed math. Guess what she did? She got back up on her horse and she went right back into that office and she said, sign me up again. I'm going to do it until I get it. You know, I'm, this is my race and my race. I don't have any, I'm not racing anybody but myself. Okay. Just let me learn. Let me learn at my pace. That's all I'm asking. You know, that's the worst case scenario for me. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I think everything else I'm going to be pretty open to because it's like language and communication and art and social studies and things that I've actually found an interest in as I got older. You know, I wasn't always interested in history, but when they put it out on the history channel and stuff, like it's pretty interesting, you know, like as you get older, your tastes change and 
your likes change and you get curious about the world. And, you know, you, I was in Cincinnati my whole life for 48 years and I come to Houston. It's like, I'm down the rabbit hole, you know, like there's never not a day that I walk out that door and don't experience a different day altogether, you know, like new houses to see new, um, a new store to shop at, um, you know, a new situation with a different person, a person of a different ethnicity, you know, maybe an Asian folk, you know, because yesterday I was in, uh, I went to 9999 Bel Air Boulevard, and I think that's called the, um, something Asian bank, and I went to the eighth floor, and there was a little man in there, and I swear he was speaking Vietnamese, I, <laughs> it was interesting, I was like, I wonder if, you know, I I think he asked me how I was and I said, I'm good. How are you? And he was talking in Vietnamese. So I'm like, oh, maybe I vibrationally understood what he said, you know, because most people would say that when they get into the elevator, you know, like, hi, how are you? You know, how's your day? You know, and it was, it was an odd scenario. Let's put it that way. And then, um, so, you know, every day here in Houston, I get to experience something brand new, you know, and that's something you know, that the soul aches for. It's, it wants the unknown. It wants a new experience. It wants excitement and fun and originality and newness and expansion and growth, freedom and joy and, you know, just everything. You know, I get major brownie points for shifting my whole life down here because if if you're in a area where there seems to be a lot of negativity, like a, like a lot of commonality, like what you're going through, like say, you know, I'll talk about Cincinnati for a minute. Like, um, I feel like there's a lot of dominant men in that area because, okay, my family came from Appalachia, Kentucky, and I know I said it wrong, Appalachia, you know, I guess that's what they want you to say, but I say Appalachia, Kentucky, because I'm a hillbilly and I say it how I want. So my family comes from down there and see, there was a bunch of dominant men. Okay. They were back in the backwoods and the mountains in Kentucky, no electricity, no water. They did completely off the grid. Now that they call that off the grid these days, back then they called it poverty, living off the land and raising their animals. Little did my family know that in less than one lifetime, that would be called living off the grid and people want to do it, but that's what they did. And, um, you know, so basically, uh, they didn't have access to like police officers and, you know, law and stuff like that. So there was a lot of unmentionables that happened back in those days and the men were overbearing and dominant and very abusive. Um, they, they were, I'm going to go ahead and use the word rapists, you know, running around the hills of the Appalachians, like my, um, grandpa's generation and further back, honey, it's, it was rampant. May as well use the word, um, abundant, you know, of, you know, different scenarios happening. And we all, let's not just dance around the word. Let's say the word incest, you know, y'all know that it was, but instead of making fun of it, it's a very serious situation that caused a lot of mental disorders and a lot of, um, ripple effects as far as, um, abused women raising children and the cycle continuing. So, 
when I say that, I'm speaking into my mom was an abused child, an abused teenager, an abused wife, and also, you know, like just, uh, uh, she witnessed so much for her family. Like if she wasn't going through it, she was witnessing it. And, um, men, if you didn't, if you didn't do what they said, you, you just suffered, you know, they just beat the shit out of you or raped you, you know, or beat you into submission or turn the whole house upside down. So that created a, the next generation of men that were, not maybe physically abusive, but very emotional and mentally abusing and still very dominant without knowing it. And so then I watched my mom and dad interact. And when my mom got mad at my dad, she would just raise hell and tear the house up because she's like, I, it ain't going to happen again. You know, my mom was a fighter. She's like, it ain't, this is not happening. And she even like shot at my dad twice. But keep in mind, my mom has schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. But, um, those things happen because of unresolved childhood issues. You know, she probably had a big trauma or a molestation happen and, um, some kind of sexual abuse and her mind cracked. It cracked because of it. And so she was never going to let a man treat her the way that she was treated when she was growing up or that people she loved were treated and she shot at my dad more than she shot at my dad twice that I'm aware of, but multiple times, both of those times, like dry fired the gun, like chick, 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 out of bullets, wish I had more. Um, because people only do that when they're in a very dark place, place of fear, you know, and I don't think my mom ever got any of that out and talked about it or anything, but I know that my mom went through and witnessed a lot. Um, but see, because of that, she was, she, it was just a cycle. My dad tried to control her. She fought back, you know, and that's why I have to fight back when men want to control me. I keep, it's like I'm attracting my mom's situation, you know, until this time, this time's different. Chris is completely standoffish. Um, he wants to observe me more than he wants to, uh, you know, approach me half the time, I think, you know, cause he doesn't know down deep who I am yet. I don't think, but, um, you know, I think a lot of my fears come from what I was raised around, you know, and living in fear and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like who's going to throw something next or somebody's going to throw something out the door. Like the Christmas tree went out the front door once, um, you know, like, horrible things I've witnessed, you know, like my mom leaving in a nightgown with no bra on with her hair sticking up all over her head. And then she and they end up calling us from Adams County and she's out there sleeping in that nightgown with the car turned off and it's like 10 below, you know, my mom's sitting out there freezing to death because she has a psychiatric disorder, you know, from something left unresolved from childhood. You know, these, these are things that abuse creates, you know, so, um, it's a big deal for me to talk about and, and get these things out to you to know that you have to fight your way out of all of those beliefs that surround 
if you're a woman listening to this and you're in the situation I'm in, you literally have to peel these I can'ts off one at a time. You have to say, you know what? Everything my mind tells me I can't do, I have to counteract that with a I am or I can. Because that part of you that wants to stay victimized, you know, not succeeding, you know, not moving forward, not not even trying to push forward, not even taking one little step towards maybe this will work out in my favor or maybe I could go back to school or maybe, you know, something good is around the corner for me that I can't see coming, you know, like we have to lean into our own healing. We have to consciously put forth an effort, but that's why I'm constantly deeply analyzing myself. When I heard this, I said, you know what? I got this math thing beat now because now I'm going to take the worst case scenario and I'm going to peel it apart at the seams and I'm going to say, hmm, now, now you have no power over me because I've got a solution for my worst case scenario and I've made peace with it. I, I mean, I've had to get up and do things over how many times, keep getting up, keep getting up. Keep getting punched down, punched down, punched down. Well, I'm since that's one of my superpowers, then how are you going to beat me? How's math going to beat me when one of my superpowers is doing it over? I don't have a problem with making a mistake or not getting something right. And with that, I can probably zip right through it now because the fear of failure is gone. You know what I mean? I pulled the rug out underneath the fear of failure because the worst case scenario is that I, is that I fail the class or even, okay, let's go, um, with, oh, I get so far in and I'm like, oh, I'll never catch up or something, you know, again, I can get accommodations from my doctor to cover any scenario that happens. So legally they can't do anything to me. I am well within my boundaries. I'm allowed to learn legally, just like everyone else, even if I need a doctor's note. They have to go as slow as I want to go. See? Because everybody gets federal funding. So, <laughs> equal opportunity, baby. But the advisor that I'm working with that sets up my accommodations with my professors and whatnot, she is um, ADHD and dyslexic, and she um, has a master's degree. So, um, yeah, they waited for her. I know at least uh, a couple people have done it before me, and I'm sure that many more will do it after me. But um, it's it's a challenge, a mind challenge, when it, you sign up and then you say, oh, okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> you know, like all these thoughts start rushing in, like, uh, and now I got to conquer these thoughts because I know I can't be at, show up for school that day thinking I can't do it, you know. You have to turn that around and get it to the point before you get there and say, I will do this and I'm going to have no problem whatsoever. It's going to be easier than I ever imagined in the whole wide world. Like I made this out to be the biggest mountain instead of it's a molehill and I made it into a mountain, you know, but that's what, you know, the human mind wants to, excuse me, when, when we're reprogramming ourselves, the human mind wants to resist, um, you know, it, it's sad, but it really doesn't know how to um, look for ways to succeed until we get really, really conscious about it, you know. 
So, um, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I learned today is take your worst case scenario and, and, and then just be okay. Find, find the what if, the what if point, like what's your worst case scenario, you know, like, um, what's bothering you most right now? Like what's most on your mind? And usually boom, my car payment or, uh, my house payment, whatever might be something to do with money. You know, how am I going to pay that? You know, what's my worst case scenario? Okay. What's your worst case scenario is that you don't get the money. Okay. Um, then what, what would you do if you don't get the money? Hmm. Well, I guess I could go to friends and family or I guess I can start looking online for a program or a church or something or, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I'll call and see, maybe they have a, um, a deferral program on my car payment and they'll let you skip a car payment so many times a year. That's what you can do. And that's going to say, you don't even have to worry about it. Don't ding your credit. They don't mark anything off. You're allowed to a year. Boom. There you go. One problem solved. Okay. Rent. Um, well, since the universe always provides for us, uh, we're going to start off on that foot. Um, well, maybe you could call some churches. Maybe you could call some friends and family. Um, is there a rental assistance program in your, in your area? There is here, you know, um, let's see, just go through all the scenarios with it and blow it out of proportion and be like, Oh no, well, God forbid the worst thing we'd have to do is leave an eviction. That's probably six months down the road. I mean, if you're, if you follow it all the way out to the bitter sweet end, you know, like that's your worst case scenario. And then you would have to go live with a friend or his family. If you can't get it resolved in six months, you know, that it, there will be a solution. You know what I mean? Like no matter what you're, let it go to your worst case scenario and build on that and be like, well, I guess there are solutions. If that happened, you know, there's a way to fix it if that really ever happens. But see with a self-defeating mind, it already feels like it's going to happen. But then you pull the rug out on the energy end of it when you say, well, fuck it. If I don't pay it this month, I guess, you know, um, it'll, it'll find a way to, to show up or you're just supposed to transition and move on and move in with your family or a friend or something. If it's that bad in six months, because generally it's going to take you six months to get kicked out of somewhere, you know, so your mind is going absolutely nuts for some, you know, you might be having a job change coming up in the next two to three months. You don't know what's going to happen. Like you might be going back to school, but the universe always provides. So there's some way, some sh shape or form that, you know, the path is going to be laid out for you and you won't always feel like this. So when you go to the point where you're like, well, I guess, you know, I could figure something out. Uh, if you go to the absolute worst case scenario of failure, you know, and then once you have failure under control, then you're like, well, I guess I could go live with my mom or my sister with my kids, but I don't want to, but that facing that fear head on virtually in your mind basically pulls the energetic rug out from underneath your worst fear and you're no longer Okay, you feel the emotion of that, like how you feel before you do the exercise. You feel really anxious and kind of, I don't even want to talk about this. But now after you start talking about 
well, I guess, you know, I do have pretty long time. COVID has happened and now landlords can't kick you out or there might be a rental assistance program somewhere. Um, I just need to call my local, you know, government and state sites and see. Um, I'd have to ask a church to pay half my rent this month. Um, and then you find out, hey, they help with the electric bill too. So then you could keep more of your own money. You know, if that happens, sometimes churches will help you on your phone bills and different things just to keep you connected to the internet and whatnot. Um, there is an internet program for $50 a month. It's called the EBB program. And I don't know what that stands for. It's emergency broadband something. It's to help everyone stay connected to the internet and just Google EBB program and you'll find it and you'll get 50 bucks off your, um, if you make up to 99,000 as a single person or 198,000 as a couple, uh, married filing jointly. So I think a lot of Americans would fall under that category. I signed up already. So I'm like, we can, we just got a couple of new devices so we can actually upgrade to the next level of, um, uh, internet and be paying less than we are now if we get that $50, you know, uh, certificate every month for, it's for a whole year. So, I mean, that's going to put 50 bucks back in your pocket for a whole year, you know, and, um, that, I mean, every little bit helps that 50 bucks is two tanks of gas for, for me. I don't know about you guys, but maybe if you have a big car, it's one tank of gas. But, um, if you make under $99,000 single, or $198,000 as a married couple filing jointly. Go check it out. Um, okay, so see there's solutions out there for everything. Like whatever the need is. there, And, and now they're putting out um, checks for... Um, this, this is really big with my heart too. Um, is This is close to my heart. That they have offered two years of school, like through this American family plan or whatever that Joe Biden came up with. I don't know what it's called. Y'all just make fun of me. Um, <laughs> but two years of school paid for at a community college, which is exactly what I signed up for. And I'm like, holy shit, that's confirmation. <laughs> and then yes, I'm on my right path. And then also for people, um, with families struggling and whatnot, they have these monthly payments coming, right? So, we have the tools in our tool belt to start over. Like, especially folks who worked for restaurants who are not going back, I applaud you. And you're going to have not only this, uh, you know, when this unemployment, it seems like right when it ends, then this other family thing is going to start, you know, where you'll get money for kids monthly or weekly or however they're doing it. And, um, I haven't read into it, but I'm like, those people don't have to go back still because they're still going to have income coming in through that. And everybody's got a side hustle these days and everybody like, you know, somebody who's doing Instacart, Ship, DoorDash, um, Postmates, uh, Uber Eats, Uber Lyft, something like that. There, you know, gig workers, some y'all, everybody knows a gig worker these days and it's. Sometimes it's supplement. Sometimes it's everything they make, you know. Um, I found out real quick when I got to Houston that just $30 a day, if you can just make $30 a day, that will feed you. <laughs> you know, like, um, because I lived here with Chris and all of our bills were paid and just what I could make us on Instacart um, 
you know, five or six of those a day. It usually amounted to about 30, 40 bucks. And if I could make that, I could have enough gas and we'd do it again the next day, you know. And now Chris prayed for me a lot and he, I prayed to get better pay as well. And I'm fully into doing shipped again. For the time being, um, I feel like I'm in a transitional period yet again. And now shipped is starting to feel more distant like Instacart did. And it feels like spirit is pulling me towards, you know, using my knowledge and, um, you know, my gifts, like for the card readings and things again. And people are starting to uh, reach out to me for readings again, repeat readings. (laughs) A big wave came this week. And um, so now I'm like, okay, um, let's just see where this goes. And I'm going to use this time today to, um, build on my content creating, getting my head in the right place and, um, just allow myself to send out a less than perfect email newsletter for my first one. You know, I'm like, everybody knows this is my first one. I'll just write it. Excuse me, write it right in there. You know, this is my first email newsletter. I'm so excited. Um, just letting you guys know I'm here for readings, you know, uh, reach out to me when you need me. I'm always here for you. Love and light, Missy Conley, you know, and then put my picture in there. How cute would that be? You know, like a fluffy little, you know, rainbows and butterflies picture of Missy, you know, and, um, I just love you guys and I really want to help people. Like what I, what makes me feel good is helping other people and, Helping other people has to manifest in the way that we love doing it or we just don't want to do it, right? So, um, this is my thing, is my metaphysics, you know? Like, um, I don't know why I think that I would get all this way just to not use it. I mean, I think school actually brought up, hey, wait a minute, I might be able to do this without school. You know, like some kind of onset where it's like school would just be the icing on the cake if I get really good, you know, it marketing myself because I'm already good at the readings. I just haven't put my best foot forward in marketing myself. So I'm like, um, everybody I get wants another reading sooner or later. So it's like, um, sometimes they forget and maybe that's why I need to do the email newsletter. I'm being told, Hey, remind these people, just put yourself in their space and they, Oh yeah, I could get a reading, you know, like, I'm hoping to book at least five out of this because I've got quite a few emails built up from, you know, doing all of my readings and stuff. So, ah, Delta eight, you gotta love it. It gives me balls, if nothing else, (laughs) you know, it gives me the balls to think big and to think out of the box. And, um, I know smoking marijuana does that for everybody. It just gives us the ability to be so creative. But hey guys, here's the thing. We have to act on it. We have to start acting on these thoughts that we get when we're um, in the happy state of mind, you know, because Delta 8s are perfectly legal. A CBD, you know, product, you can order it right off the internet. Um, But they do get you in a higher way of thinking. You know what I mean? Like I can really churn up some good spiritual energy when I'm using my Delta eights and I, I never want to give that state up. I just think it's, you know, it's a blessing 
that I have it. It really is. Because it's like lubricant for my brain trying to get through this resistance. You know, when, when you're looking at the computer and you say, your, your guidance is saying, pick that up and do your email newsletter today. And then it's like there's a, a repelling, something that repels you. And you go to reach for it and you're like, there's like a force field there or something, you know. Like, why do we not want to reach into our dreams? And I said, you know what? It's because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in myself. But I think all of these repeating, um, you know, people coming back for more readings is really giving me the feedback that I never got from them before. Like they're coming back because they had a real good reading the first time. And I'm like, even though I did, they didn't tell me that, you know, or they didn't review me on my website, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but it's showing because they're showing back up again for another reading. So then I'm starting to get the gist of it. Like, hey, you, this is a trust issue between you and the universe. Do you think the universe would bring me all this way? And have all these people tell me I'm incredibly accurate. And then me standing there in the flea market crying. Because I was like, I can't believe that was so accurate. Like she was blown away. I was blown away about what came out of my mouth. That's why I love in-person readings so much. Like the in-person readings are so powerful compared to... It's like... Uh, I can still connect to your energy and just as if we were standing here next to each other, um, for the purpose of the reading, it doesn't affect the accuracy of the reading at all. It's just that it feels like it amps it up when I'm in person, you know, that I really get good information, like details, like, uh, parrots and names and you know like it just seems like it's more of a full color effect when I'm sitting in the presence of that person so that's what I'm really wanting to pursue is you know and I've got a woman named Deborah at a holistic shop over on the strand at um, Galveston Island and she said I could start in May if I wanted to when it started picking up and she's got my name and number and I've got her name and number. I just haven't picked it up yet because I'm like, we need to be moved over there. I need to, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not going to commute every weekend over there, you know. Um, maybe I should. I don't know. But I'm like, uh, I don't want to spend two hours on the road daily, you know. These people need to show up for, you know, I drove to the flea market. It took me about half hour, 45 minutes to go to the flea market. But have you driven on Texas roads? <laughs> like I have to take, um, the tollway over there to 45 to get to Galveston and, uh, four lanes to the hilt almost every time. Like it's not a pleasant, enjoyable down the road to the flea market kind of ride, you know, it's, it's an intense hour for someone who has concentration things, you know, issues. <laughs> so I'm like, mm. you know, I, when, once we move over there, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. I'll be at the strand every Saturday and Sunday for personal readings. So, um, I'm just not going to put myself through that right now. Um, and we'll be over there hopefully, you know, in time for school to start in August and the end of August, I need to be there. So, 
Um, if nothing else, I guess I can start then. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, it feels like when I'm doing it on the, in the distance healings and the distance, uh, readings. Okay. You know how they used to put a strand of like thread in between, um, two cans and the kids would talk through the two cans. They could hear each other <laughs> talking through the cans. That's kind of how reading is for me, doing it distance. Like, yes, I'm plugged into you. And yes, I can get a reading for you. But we're not getting what spirit wants you to have in person. Like, it's not like an in-person one. It, you know why I tell you this, guys? Because have you ever went to Heart Math Institute and done any kind of research at all? And if you haven't, I'll give you the layman's turn short version of it. Um, basically... Um, once you sit down with someone in a room or next to them, five minutes, within five minutes, your electromagnetic field begins to synchronize with theirs. So there's an exchange of energy that happens on a physical level when you're in person with someone that doesn't happen when you're dialing in for a reading. Yeah. You know, like there's there, if it's someone who's not in good health, guess what? You're, I'm going to share my very high vibrational, health-filled, you know, joy-filled, amplified, touch, uh, uh, in touch with the divine. You know, like I work on myself all the time. I try to stay in touch with the divine a lot, you know. So I'll say, what do you want me to do this? You know, like all day long. Uh, what's my inner guidance on this, you know, and whatnot. Um, how can I get better at this? You know, I'm always digging, you know. And then because of that constant connection, I can amplify their energy and help them receive. And some of that circulates through around their aura. So there's a healing that happens when I am working with people because I constantly use tuning forks, you know, and I constantly see myself in perfect health and wellness. And, you know, now I'm working on seeing myself in perfect health, wellness and fitness, you know, because I want my fit body back, you know. And I'm calling that back to me. But, um, you know, I'll start getting the guidance on what to do and stuff with that, you know. So, um, anyways. That's why I love doing the in-person ones. Because of the research that I already know and understand the science behind sitting with someone. So, when I sit with someone for 20 minutes, they're also getting an energy healing coming from me. They're more or less plugging in. Okay, think of Avatar when he gets on that thing and he plugs his ponytail into the dragon or whatever. And then there's this initial like that, you know, and then then he takes off. Right. So that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm plugging into their energy and, you know, sharing a bond with that person temporarily when I'm sitting with them. So at least that's kind of what I feel like is happening, you know. So, uh, there's an energetic physical science happening. And then, um, there becomes something really, you'll feel it once you start using tuning forks in your home, that your home feels the air or the ether in your home feels really light and, um, clean compared to, um, you don't get that feeling with sage. You get it like, you see the smoke, you have that immediate like you've put something into the air well with tuning forks it feels like you've removed something from the air 
you know, feels very clean. And that comes from my personal experience when I was in the homeless center uh, down there in Bryan, Texas, and I had the bed that was all the way in the far back corner, which I loved. Thank you, Jesus. And um, I would use my tuning forks back there. And when I came back from taking a shower or uh, doing my work for the night, my chore or whatever, I came back to my bunk and I could feel the energy shift. Like it was really dense. And in, in my one little pocket around my bed was like this, it felt like a lighter, clean, crisp energy, you know, like I just walked into a lighter space and I was like, wow, that's really powerful. I mean, when you're sensitive enough, you can feel the difference in the density of the air that you're sitting in. I mean, I hear that way too, guys, and I smell that way. And I just wish I could see that way because <laughs> my, I think I saw something I wasn't supposed to see when I was a kid. So I like turned off my vision somehow, like subconsciously, because if a child wants more attention when they're young, sometimes they develop a stutter, you know, because they're not getting paid enough attention to. Well, maybe um, I saw something I didn't want to see, which is I, I'm, I'm on point with that's been going on in my head for many years. So I think I saw something I really didn't need to see. And I like caused my own vision problem at, you know, I think I walked in on my parents having sex or something like downstairs. There was a, um, what do you call that? Like a shower head that came out of the wall in our, um, Lantana house. And, uh, I think they were showering and having sex or something. And I, walk down the steps, like going downstairs to play. And there was no, cause it came out of the middle of the wall. There was no like shower curtain. So I think either I saw my dad naked or I saw both of them naked doing something. And then they scolded me over it and screamed at me. And as a sensitive, I turned it, I took it so hard that, you know what I mean? I think I turned it into a physical manifestation. So, um, I need to see Tony Robbins over that. He got rid of that guy's stutter, you know, on the, um, the last documentary I watched of his, um, because he got to the root of the problem and I'm like, Ooh, I wish somebody could do that for me, you know, get rid of the root of my sight problem. But anyways, I, I hear and I feel and see, not see yet, but I see well, you know, but it's just that, uh, I, I overhear and I oversmell a lot. I really hate when someone farts around me. It's too, it's like rank and sewage to me immediately. Like my body like bleh, immediately repulsed because I have such a strong sense of smell. And then um, with hearing, uh, I had a couple bosses that were nasty to me and they, it ends up, it's just because they were assholes, but um, they were wrong. They were like, can't you hear me? And like, well, I have ADD and, um, you know, there's big ovens running behind me. So no, I didn't hear you. Um, I went and got a test because I also had another bar after I had that test. Kirby always told me, he's like, I hate repeating myself. Listen to me when I say it the first time. And I'm like, well, if you weren't drunk, turned around the other way, talking to the wall, then I'd probably hear you, you know, but you can't say that to a, a nasty ass boss because they would just he already made everybody cry that worked there, you know. I mean, unless you wanted to be smacked down in front of everybody at the bar without being touched, of course. You get the big verbal scolding, you know. And uh, so 
I went to my ear, nose, and throat, had him put me in a fucking box, and he played these tiny little frequencies and tones, and he's like, you can hear things other people can't. You hear better than normal people. So what you're doing is probably listening to the ovens, or you're not focused on hearing them, you're hearing the background noise. And I'm like, oh my god. So see what I mean? Like, when I say I can feel the difference in the density of the air, I literally can. Like, I can tell. That's how a sensitive person, when they walk into, like, a haunted house, supposedly, when that air feels really heavy and thick on you, you know there's a physical presence in there. You know that it it needs, the place needs to be really plowed and, and you know, like, what do you call it? Destroyed. If it's a haunted house, it just needs to be destroyed because as long as there's a structure there, this entity is going to be attached. You know what I mean? So the original structure anyways, probably need to land blessed as well, but it couldn't hurt. But, um, when I walk, when I think about walking into a place that's quote unquote haunted, that's the density. I'll feel a density in the pressure and I can feel when something breezes by me, you know, I can hear things. I, listen for things. I listen for what the place has to tell me first, like at La Carafe down here in Houston. It's supposed to be haunted. And of course we went to that one. The first bar I went to in Houston <laughs> was a haunted one. And it, the ATM took our $20 bill. <laughs> like it didn't give it to us and it still took it from our account. And I'm like, that goddamn ATM is is jiving with the negative energy in this place. You know, I just vibrate so much higher than it. It really can't do much more than steal money from me digitally because they don't like a lot of light. You know what I mean? They don't like light workers coming in um, because they were, they're repelled by them. Negative energies are repelled by light workers. So, of course, they were pissed enough to take my money. <laughs> I'm trying to get $20 out the ATM at Locker App. Did not happen. They still took it from my goddamn account, though. But how are you supposed to... There's no fucking money came out of that thing. It said, cannot process. And then $20 was gone the next day. I'm like, did you get $20 out of that machine, Chris? And we looked all over. We checked the pocket and everything. But anyways, that's what I'm talking about with the sensitive stuff. Like the HSP, highly sensitive person. We're very extrasensory, you know. So that's why me and Chris have decided to put up, you know, the offering that like, uh, paranormal extractors.com, you know, um, you know, the CNM paranormal extractors page on Facebook. That's why we decided to do that because it's like, um, he can bless the space and I can use tuning forks, but ultimately if it's a spirit that absolutely refuses to leave, it has free will. So, like, you know, you may or may not get rid of it, depending on what's happened in that house and the scenarios that are going on, you know, like, uh, what density you're talking about, like demonic or, uh, any, at, at any point, if there's something in a house, I pretty much chalk it all up to being demonic because if they're causing you trouble, they're obviously not of the light. You know what I'm saying? Like they're bad. So Reach out to me for that too if you need that because I can use tuning forks. I can cut ties and I can shield your home and I can call the angels in for a hedge of protection 
and Chris can bless the space. That's what Chris does. Chris would come in and bless the space with oil, like your windows and door frames and things, because you want to keep those kinds of things out. And and a, he's a minister, so he blesses space. And he also marries people, and he's also super um, clairvoyant and intuitive. And he, once he talks to you, like on the phone or in person, but he can do it either way, he can feel things and know things about you automatically that you're not going to know how he knew because <laughs> it's coming to him through spirit. You know what I mean? So um, through his intuition, um, when he asks what what is there I need to know about this person to help them heal, then that's what he gets. He gets to interact with you on this, on working on behalf of spirit. So I do that too, but just in a different way. We try to manifest you a different reality with using the divination cards and um, what you're most focused in right now with your energy and what you're wanting to to see the best case scenario about and all of that. But um, on the heels of everything that I've talked about today, I've got a reading to do, you guys. And um, once I do that reading, I'm going to send that off to him. And it's a recording by uh, that I'm sending to his email. Um, if you guys want to reach out for a reading, just type in... Um, I know I tell you this every time. I don't care. I'm going to keep telling you because somebody's going to listen sooner or later. <laughs> um, and just go to Facebook page, type in Simply Divine Readings. You're going to see Misty Conley Psychic Medium show up right there. And just click on there. You can book me right through there. Message me. Ask how it works. I'll tell you all the details. So um, I'm now breaking into, I do have some alterations to do on that page. I'm going to start offering a life coaching with a reading included for an hour session. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to charge $60 for that. That's what's coming to mind. $60, 60 minutes, you know, and it's going to give you a lot more coaching. And then I'm going to offer just a 30 minute reading period. And, um, you know, with, for just the reading, you know. So, and whatever guidance can come through in 30 minutes, I'm going to set the timer. And that's what I'm feeling like, because the last time I started to do a session, it almost lasted an hour. And I'm like, I got a feeling spirit wants me to do something more. Like this is getting too long for the amount of money that I'm charging. And they're getting so much, you know, for $30. I'm like, maybe I should just offer a reading for 30 minutes and a reading with energy work and coaching for 60 minutes, you know. So, okay. But anyways, so if you guys, I probably need to set up my, uh, what's that account? Patreon. The Patreon account where y'all can send money to me and, and find me and I can keep you updated and, you know, feed a little more into myself. And I think maybe people might reach out and help support me if I give you that reference point. Um, other than that, my cash app, if you want to support me or reach out to me for a reading, you can always do it there. Um, you know, I'll find, we will find each other somehow, you know, my cash app, if you want to just support me to keep me helping make, making content, um, and helping me find my way, you know, like restart my whole life. Um, you're more than welcome to, uh, help me at 
Cash App is the dollar sign, mystical, just like the dictionary, M-I-S-T-I-C-A-L-1111. And then if you want to use PayPal, you can um, support me at shareyourabundance at gmail.com. And then maybe I'll follow up on that Patreon thing now since I'm feeling a little more froggy about, uh, you know, forward thinking, like helping myself. Patreon account. I'm writing that down so I don't forget. 